Good evening. Uh, Mr. Farrag asked me to speak, and last time he asked me to speak, I only had 24 hours to prepare before I spoke um, in September. But this time, he gave me a couple weeks, so now it's like, uh, you know, kind of changed my topic a couple times, so I don't know which one was better for me. Um, if you want to turn to uh, Luke 18, we're just going to look at a few verses. Um, I know I had a bunch of different topics on my mind, and with all of them out there, you know, I was kind of figuring out which one I want to go with. And I know last time I spoke, it was on not getting caught off guard or being out of season. Um, are we in season? Are we, are we looking for Christ? And then with starting the new year, you know, this is only the second Sunday of the new year, and I was thinking, well, looking back at the last year, what have we done for Christ? Um, have we done all things well? Um, and I know some of these songs that we sang tonight kind of, I was like, awesome, you know. <laughs> it kind of goes along with what I was, wanted to talk about because it, it says, have you done all things well? Have you done everything you could for Jesus in the last year? Um, did you see any people get saved? Um, were, were you helping out? Did you see people grow? Um, were you helping people grow in Christ as well as yourself? And when I was looking at it, I know last time I spoke in September, and that was right when I was trying to decide whether to go for brigades, and that be my career, or going to school. And I chose school over um, brigades, which was okay. Um, but some of the things that have been on my mind since then, since I pulled out of some of these major decisions, and I said, you know what, I'm just going to give it to Christ. And that's why last time I was talking about, are we getting caught off guard? And I know Justin was talking somewhat about that today. You know, are we getting caught off guard? And in my aspect, I was thinking, with our prayers, what are we doing with our prayers? I know a lot of people were praying for certain people, and we saw two people get saved in this last week, and that's great. You know, we were praying for that. But did we lose heart? Did some people forget to pray? Did some people not know to pray? And, and for me, I was thinking about prayers. So some of these verses that came up was uh, Luke 18. And it says, Then he spoke a parable to them, that men always ought to pray and not to lose heart. Luke 18, 1. And just thinking about that one verse, I know I don't like to take verses out of context, and I hope that I'm not doing that. But we not we should always be praying, but we shouldn't lose heart. Our, are we praying about things and then we're forgetting about them later on? And for me, ever since like a, I think it was the beginning of last year, I consistently tried every day to pray um, for certain things. And I was able to do that. But through that, you know, was I looking to see if the prayers were answered? You know, it's one thing to, okay, I got to pray about church. I got to pray about the activities. I want to pray about, you know, this, this person in my life. I want to pray for my family. You know, but are, are we asking our family, like, hey, how's it going? Or are we looking at the programs that we're praying for? Are we seeing them growing? And, and for me, um, I, was, I was just praying, and I was putting it out there. And last time, that's why I was getting caught off guard, because I wasn't really looking. But since my last message, I was like, well, you know what? I need to put this to practice what I'm preaching. Otherwise, it's just words to you guys. So I put it in practice. I said, okay, I'm not going to get off, caught off guard. I want to see what the Lord's going to do. And when I started school, I know that some of these classes I was taking, there was no way I was going to pass it. I'm not good at writing. 
Um, I'm not really good at speaking either. But, you know, I was taking these math classes and I was like, there's no way I'm going to pass them. Last time I, I failed with an F, you know, I, and I have to take it again and I haven't brushed up on my math, you know, and it's been a year since I took it. I was like, there's no way I'm going to pass this class. So I just said, you know what, Lord, it's in your hands. If you want me to be at school, help me out. Show me what you want me to do. And so I kept on praying for school. You know, help me with this class. Help me with this test. Lord, help me with that. And I, and I tried not to lose heart. I tried to remember it every day. And then if we look at Matthew, we're going to be flipping around a little bit. But Matthew chapter 6. This was another verse that kind of came to mind when I was thinking about praying. And in this fact, uh, in verse 8, it says, Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. So before even I went, even before I prayed to God, you know, saying, help me, he already knew what I needed help on. He already knew, okay, you need help in this class. You need help in that class. And I already know what you need. But are you going to ask for it? Because in the last verse that came into my mind, um, sorry, this is the last one I'm going to really look at, is uh, James. If you look at James chapter 4. So when I was looking at it, I didn't want to lose heart, like Luke said. And then in Matthew... I, didn't, I, I knew that the Lord knew what I wanna, wanted before I wanted it. Okay? He, he knew my needs. And did I follow that? And so if you look at James 4 and verse 2 at the end, it says, yet you do not have because you do not ask. I mean, that's simple enough. Um, sometimes, you know, we want things in life, but we're just not asking the Lord for them. Now, are we going to get everything? No. Because... If we're not praying in the will of God, you're not going to get them. But how do we know what's in the will of God? How do we know where God wants you to lead? So in my point, I was just praying and I was like, Lord, you know, if this is where you want me to go, you know, show me, help me. And towards the end of the, the school year, I knew that one of the classes, because I, I like math, I was calculating all my grades throughout the year, trying to see, you know, is the Lord going to help me pass these classes? And I, and I kept on calculating, and, you know, I'm like, oh, man, you know, this test, I have to get an A. If I get a B, then I'm going to drop down, and then the next one, then I have to get 100% on this test, which, you know, never happens, uh, ever. I did it once, and it was multiple choice, so I got lucky. But I, I was sitting there, and I was calculating it, and I was getting worried. But then I remembered, well, let's take it to the Lord. Not let myself worry, but let's give it to the Lord. And I noticed that Every time I got to school, my class didn't start until 1, but I still got to school at 6 in the morning, which most people think I'm crazy. Might as well sleep in and you know, wake up, get coffee, and do all that. But I got to school early to sit down to read, and, I, and it was awesome because it set that time aside for me already. And I sat down and I read. And then after that, then I started doing the homework. Well, then I started noticing that the work was getting a lot easier, and I was starting to understand it. And I know that that was the Lord bringing it back because I haven't done this math in over a year. And most people know when you get up into high math, calculus and, and all that, it's, it's really hard. You can't just put it away for a year and then come right back into it. And without me practicing it and me just hopping right in this class, I knew that I was going to be in trouble. 
So at the end of this, this class, um, I ended up getting an A in the class. And I was like, Lord, that wasn't of me. That was of you. Because I know a couple times, which I know most of us people, most of us do that. When we take a test, we say, Lord, just change the grade. Just change the grade. I know I did bad. Just change the grade. And um, I was talking to one person, and they even prayed before that, Lord, change the answers. You know, erase my answers and put your answers down <laughs> so I can pass this, uh, this test. But even that, you're thinking, okay, well, you know, would he change the grade? Can he change the grade? And I know on one of my tests, I got it back, and I was just like, Lord, I know I did bad, because I, I knew when I walked out of the class, I walked out with a student that I knew was getting an A, and I was comparing my answers, and none of them matched up. So I was like, oh, man, this is bad. So I just prayed, Lord, change the grade. But Lord, if not, even if I get a bad grade, just let me, let me have a good day. Like, don't, don't let this bring me down so my other classes get, go bad. I got the test back, and it said 62%. Well, that's a D. Well, it was crossed out, and it said 91% A. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> I was sitting there, and I was like, okay. I walked up, and I even asked him. I said, hey, what happened? And he goes, don't ask me. I don't know. Um, I was the, the student teacher, graded it, and it was a D. I looked at it again, and he's like, I just had this feeling. And he's like, I gave you partial credit on a bunch of the answers, and it ended up being an A. And I was like, sitting there, I'm like, Lord, this isn't awesome. Thank you. You know, I, I was having a good day. And not only that, but the Lord can go beyond that. And I'm not saying this to shock you. I'm not trying to say this because, you know, I think these things happened and you have to have a way of explaining them. Um, the reason why I like to do this is because I like to show you that Christ does care about us. You know, we're his beloveds. You know, we are his. And he cares about us, even in school. So it's something that, like school, you think, okay, he'll care about work, he'll care about family, but he cares about all aspects of our life, everything that we do. And so that day, the, that was the first class, so I went to that one, and it was a D, changed to an A. I went to the next class, thinking, okay, Lord, can I still have this good day that I, I prayed for? Um, and I had a gap, so when I came back to the class, it was raining. I was like, oh, man. So I like, bolted into the class, and I sat down, and I was like, well, you know, everyone thinks rainy day, it's a good day to have coffee and watch a movie. Most people, that's what comes in their mind. So I was thinking, well, what question could I ask this teacher to make us watch a movie? Because he's that teacher that will kind of go off subject. Well, he walked in, and within 10 minutes, or not, not even 10 minutes, like 10 seconds of him walking in, he goes, okay, guys, we're going to watch a movie today. And so everyone put down your books, and I'm looking around for the coffee. I'm like, <laughs> wondering where it's going to come from. Not, not just because I wanted to be funny or use God in any way, but I wanted to see, you know, does does this happen? And the girl that doesn't sit next to me, but the one right off of me, walks in and says, hey, I bought, because me and this guy, we like to talk to each other. And she walks in and goes, hey, I have, I work at Starbucks here at school. Would you like free coffee? She's like, I just had a bunch of coffee. So she gave him coffee and myself coffee. Now, I'm not trying to say like, okay, you know, you're, you're trying to play it off. 
But for people that believe in science, how would they explain that? You know, that's not random, you know? That, that's, I, I believe that's the Lord caring. And so after that, the next class was even a harder class because it's a writing class, and I'm not good at writing. And it was expository writing, so it's even in-depth writing. And if you read my writing, <laughs> you, you'll understand why I need help. Um, <laughs> but when I was writing the, the essays earlier, I, I was like, man, this is an A essay, and I would hand it to him, and he would mark it up. I mean, it looked like he had written it himself. He was just crossing out line after line, writing in his comments, and I felt bad. I'd walk in again, fix it, hand it to him. Again, mark it all up, hand it back. So I was kind of getting scared because it was towards the end of the semester. And, and on that day, I was like, Lord, you know, I just, you know, you're giving me an awesome day. I just need help in this one class. Well, I walk into the class and no one showed up. I was the only one in the class. And the teacher walks in and I was the only one with the teacher. So the Lord answered the prayer because I got one-on-one -on -one time with the professor to sit down and say, hey, what do I need to change on this essay? You know, what, what can I do? And for me, that, that was the Lord showing that, hey, you know, I care about what you do. And for me, I was sitting down there because I was always calculating out, okay, you know, I have to get at least a C on this essay. So every time I handed him the essay, I was like, a C? A C? Because I needed the C just to pass the class. And so I was hoping it would get in his mind so when he goes to grade it, <laughs> see. But at the end of the class, or at the end of the school, I handed in the paper and I was really nervous and I was handing it to him and he's like, see? I'm like, yeah, please. And I was handing it to him. And uh, I, I just walked out because I had to go to the other class to take a final. I didn't get to talk to him of why I wanted my C. Um, but when I, when I looked later online, because I was praying, kept on praying about this class, and I was like, Lord, you know, this is my hardest class. He ended up giving me a B in the class. And it was just the one essay that was getting graded. There was no other tests or labs or anything else graded. It was just the one essay. That's why it was, everything was coming down to this one essay. And I hate just one piece of work that grades you for the rest of the life. But when I was thinking about prayer, and I was thinking, well, am I praying consistently? Am I praying believing that the Lord will answer these prayers? Or am I losing heart? And so when the Lord was answering these prayers that you guys would say, like, whoa, there's, there's no way. I was thinking, well, what other prayers was I praying for? Who else was I praying for that would also be getting blessed just as much as I was? And so I was going around asking people. And I was like, hey, you know, I've been praying for you. What has happened in your life? Because I knew if, if this stuff was happening to me at school, <laughs> these people I was praying for had to get blessed in some way. And, and so it was, it was kind of cool to see how the Lord answers prayer. And so last time, like I said, I, was praying, or, uh, I spoke on, you know, are we, are we out of season? Are, are we making sure we're ready for God? And tonight, I would, I'd like to tell you guys, are you looking back? Have you done everything you could for Christ? Um, are you getting caught in and out of season? Are we getting prepared so this year could be a better year? that we can strive better for Christ. Um, I know over the summer, like I said, the three kids got saved in my cabin. Well, now this year, what am I doing to see three kids saved in the first week? You know, am I, am I just sitting back and waiting for these opportunities? Am I praying for them? Am I believing in these prayers that they'll be answered? 
Um, so I just want to leave that with you. I know it's kind of everywhere, but I had different thoughts I wanted to go with, and this is, I guess, the, um, the idea that I'm giving to you guys tonight. So uh, with that, I'm going to give it to Mr. Fair. Thank you, Danny. I don't know with your faith in the Lord and trusting him, why do you need any time for preparation? You just share your love to the Christ and how you work, he works things out with you. Uh, he talked about the new year and I have maybe a message for the new year. Uh, there is a verse before I start reading, but there's verse on uh, Matthew 6, chapter 10, talking about the will of God as on earth, in earth as it is in heaven. I will take this and I want to make introduction for what I want to give some thoughts. Uh, this assembly is rich in gifts, and I don't think we need preaching. We're just sharing thoughts from the Word of God to be encouraged. And that's what I have that I need to encourage myself and encourage you for these thoughts. When you look at our Christian life, always I like to tie the Christian life, the spiritual things, with our material life. And that's what God designed things in heaven before even created Adam. And you can get many examples for this, that the relationship between father and son. Uh, to bring how the father love loved us, you can see how much you love your son. And this is also the relation between the father and son and also speaks of our relation between us as parents and son. So he relates the truth which is in heaven to us in simple way. Uh, we look at, uh, we heard last week about the church and Christ husband and wife. So bring this spiritual truth that it is, will be simple because it is in our daily life. Every day we can see relationship between husband and wife. And you look at something else, uh, the eyes can see and the blind can see. We have spiritual eyes we can open it and receive, and we can close our eyes, spiritual eyes, and we don't understand the truth of God. One of these things also, growing up, you see, let's, let's back up and say, birth. Do you see a baby? Newly married is going to expecting to look forward to having a baby. Beautiful to have a baby born. And that's exactly, it will be joyful. And that's exactly the spiritual birth. Born from above. 
born in spirit. Joy in heaven for new birth. And we heard that we have two this week. They got saved. That's bringing joy, not to us only, but in heaven too. So you can see God made it so easy to understand the spiritual truth if we just open our eyes and see what he created around us as if in his mind before the foundation of the world, he can see all of these things. Of course, we know when he created Adam and got Adam out, got Eve out of Adam. That's exactly when Jesus Christ died on the cross, slept on the cross, and out of this work came out the church, the bride. So you can see these beautiful pictures in every step of our lives. Growing up, you got a new baby, milk, but he can't live on milk all the time. Imagine you have a baby living on milk. Sad. You want to start seeing growing up, walking, running, eating solid food, becoming a man. That's exactly when we are born in Christ. We need to grow up. And we heard a lot of things about how to grow up. There is something else, a picture, imagery, for this also. And we had Christmas season, and I know everybody likes to have new clothes, buying new clothes. Just, just look at the mall in this time. Look at the sales for clothes. And I love fashion. I like, I like clothes. Everybody loves clothes. Especially women, they love clothes. So today, or this evening, I want to talk about another imagery, putting on. We're going to put on and going to put off. So let's read with this introduction. Let's read in uh, Roman chapter 14. Sorry, Romans 13, verse 14. But let's start, actually. From verse 11. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out. To wake out of sleep. And now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us, therefore, cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not rioting or drunkenness, not in chambering or wantonness, not in strife and envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. That's what we're going to put on. Put on means... To be clothed, 
Put on means to be garmented, to be covered. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, this is something really, really challenging for the new year. And I want to read another verse. If you can turn to <clears throat> Galatians 3, 27. For as many as you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Oh, here's asking in Romans telling us put on the Lord Jesus Christ. But here, once we were baptized, we have put on Jesus Christ. You see, how can we put on, and now you're asking us, we already have put on. Yes. And that's the difference between what God did for you in salvation, Christ living in you, that's positionally in Christ. But now, that was justification. You've been justified. You've been in Christ. It's not your work. He can see, as we heard many times from this place, he can see, Father can see you through Jesus Christ. But now, there is one more thing you need yourself to do it, which is sanctification. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's a big difference between that you are saved, you are justified, your sin been forgiven, you came in full trust. And that's really can take us to two things when in Romans say from faith to faith. And I remind you by this faith of believing of salvation Faith that can save you. And this faith that saves you can take you to another faith which Danny talked about, trusting him. This is something you need to train yourself for. That's something you need to walk in. And the same things. To have put Christ when you were baptized, when you trusted the Lord as your Savior, that's something God did for you. That's your position in him. But for you to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, that means you take on him and on his character. That's to have your life just in harmony with the Lord Jesus Christ. Also, I have another verse in Ephesians. Let's read it, and this will also... Explain things. Ephesians 
that you put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful, deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. That's the same things. We put off, old man, we got, we put on the new man. That's also the salvation. That's what God did for us. And if uh, I can make this clear in, uh, in Isaiah 61.10, that will make it really very clear. It says... I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as bride ordereth herself with her jewels. That's salvation done by the Lord, covering us with the robe of righteousness. And we heard this about the feast last time, about the feast with people being invited and have excuses. And then in the middle of the feast, there is one without garment. And even he finds his way. I was talking this morning about it with Brother Sam. He finds easily in, in this gathering, in any gathering. Easily you can find somebody without garment. And we feel sorry that some people, they stay for a long, long time thinking that if they can do what the Christians do, if they can sing with the congregation, if they can pray and read, that will be okay. But there's time when the king will walk in and see. You can't. You can't continue. Stop there. You can't continue. You have to have the garment. You have to put on the garment of righteous, righteousness, the cloth of salvation. That's what he has done for us in the cross of Calvary. That's what we heard this morning when he said, I am the way. I am the way. He's the way that can bring you righteous before God. Then, what next? What's next? I, uh, the first day, not the first day, the first month I worked in, in, in jail, I got, my program is, I, uh, I teach graphics 
computer graphics. But there is a program called RSAT with the jail program. It is called Residential Substance Abuse Treatment. That's how RSAT, what it means. So these people, they have two phases. A phase for recovery, counseling, and taking really condensed recovery course, three months. Then in the other three months, they are ready to be out of this counseling to test them, so they send them to classes. So I got some of these people finished the phase one to my class. And then I was talking to this young man and he said, by the way, I am Christian. And this is my first encounter. Remember, I came from Egypt. We don't have lots of drugs at that time when I came. This is 1978, and I never have, Egypt was I would say, at least the way I see it, was in that time drug-free country, never been open that things can come out from outside. The first time I left my city in Asyut, which is in south, three, 375 kilometers from Cairo, the first time I went on my own to live in Cairo for a while was when I joined, finished my university and I went to the military. The army took me in, uh, in the dark night. I didn't know where I'm going. And that's the first time I really, I start seeing the big Cairo. And then from there, I left to Athens and I went to London, I went to many, but even after I came here, I don't know what is the word of drugs. I have no idea. And the first expose to me was in jail, and then, moreover, they took us for seminar about a whole day to teach us about these things that we can be aware of it in the jail. But I was shocked when I see, I understand, when you go to jail, wow, it is, it is something big in my mind. And here it is in the heart of jail, and this guy say, I am Christian. So do you know, the first reaction for me, I said, so why you are here? That's not a place for Christian. And that's why people sometimes they can say, we can say, we are Christian, but why you are doing this? Because we did not put on the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to do it ourselves. We have to have the willing to say, Lord, you died for me. You loved me. I got to come to you, and I want to live for you. I don't want to live myself. I would say with Paul, not I, but Christ liveth in me.
I don't want to do things on my own. Just remember, I don't have my life anymore. When Jesus died on the cross, he was my substitute. He made exchange. He took my death and he raised, was raised again and he gave me his life. So the life I'm living, it is not mine. It is his. That's position. But do I practice this? Do I live this way? Do I show the character of Christ? Isn't that beautiful gift? We can all have it in the new year to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That people can look and say, look at this character. And we're not doing it because we want to show off. No. Because he's going to live it in us. He will do it in us. I am not a fan of Christian movies. At all. At all. Because even some organization, they use these Jesus movies and all these things for evangelism, which if it brings people to the Lord, amen. But do you know, people will come and they have in their mind the image that this Jesus, that he was in this movie. How can I accept the word giving me an image and character for Christ? It is the image of the producer and the director and the actor, and they have nothing to do with the Lord. Wouldn't it be better to let the Holy Spirit display the character of Jesus to me? Through his word? Wouldn't it be great that I have the Holy Spirit to work in my heart? That every day when I go to work, I put my material cloth and then I say, Lord, let's go. I'm going to put the Lord Jesus Christ and he will display his character in me. I want the Holy Spirit to display his life from the word of God. You see him walking and seeing the multitude and he have compassion on them. That's his character. He has compassion on the people. When I go and leave home, do I have this character to have compassion on the sinner, the people that they don't need Christ? And then I say, open the door so I can talk about you. Do I have the character to stand for the truth, no matter what, 
without compromising. When I leave home, I am ready. When I see him, he have jealous, jealousy for his father and his glory. When he walked in the temple and saw all the selling and buying, and he said, that's not the house where my father should be. It is for prayer. And he has anger because the meek, the kind, the gentle man, when he sees something doesn't glorify God, he stood for it. Do we have this character? Or there is, he talked about seasons. There is season for showing kindness and love, and he did. He the once, he said, learn of me. Because I am meek and lowly. But when it comes to the truth, he will stand for the truth. He will say to the Pharisees, you are hypocrites. He needs us to stand for the truth. No compromising. He was humble. And the Bible said he humbled himself. He was a servant. Do we serve others? He didn't say a word that is not in its place. Do we talk without holding our tongues? We go and talk about others and talk, talk, talk. Wisdom. We need wisdom. We need all his character. Just as the Holy Spirit. That's why three years he lived in his ministry, guided by the Spirit in obedience to the Father, in fellowship with the Father, to show us, to say, wait a minute. The life I have, walking in this earth, you're going to have it, because I'm going to die for you, take the sin away. So I'm going to give you my life. But there is something else. It was leading him, the Holy Spirit. And that's why said, don't leave Jerusalem. Because you got salvation by the cross and by resurrection, but they couldn't do anything. So they waited for the Holy Spirit. We got the Holy Spirit in the church, in our hearts, in us. So what else? You got the word of God. You got his life in you and me. We got the Holy Spirit to read. And he gave us an example that we can follow his footstep. So the rest is on us. Today, we need to make a decision to what we're going to put on. Do you know Why? Because this will prevent us from what it's been said here that we don't make any provision for the flesh. That's a protection. If we put on the Lord Jesus Christ, that will make us 
Staying away from the flesh completely. No provision for the flesh and the lust. So the other thing is, if the opposite will be right. So if we don't, so the flesh has chance with us. So it seems like the choice is obvious for this year. Put on. And of course, I didn't talk about what we put off. There's lots of things we have to put off if you want to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord will open our eyes for the truth in here. And we know that our position is secure, yes, yes. We live in weakness, we live in uh, power of the Holy Spirit, yes. But as we heard this morning about everything we're going to be before the judgment seat of Christ. So we need, we need to take the short time left. We don't know when he's coming, but it looks like very soon. Let's put on the Lord Jesus Christ and have no provision for the flesh or the lust of the flesh. May the Lord bless his word. Let's close in prayer. Blessed God, our Father, we thank you for our Lord Jesus, the one who left us a great example to live on this earth. We thank you for the provision you give us the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, that we can be in fellowship with our Savior day by day, moment by moment, and we can display his character, that we can honor him in this life. We ask that these words can stay with us and be applied to our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.